Hello everyone, Precious here, and I'm so happy to have you. Welcome back to Precious the Foodie Podcast. This week is super exciting, like boat shirt and suspender snapping kind of exciting. We're traveling all the way to the Pacific Northwest to Portland, Oregon. Have you guys ever seen that Netflix show, Portlandia? I think that show is super weird, kind of bizarre, but it does a really good job of kind of giving you the unique perspective of all the quirkiness, the hipster culture, and interesting foods and diverse people that are in Portland, Oregon. Today, I'm here with a good friend and special guest, Ken Marshall, to chat about the elaborate culture, the truth about mastering your craft, and stumbling into entrepreneurship, to not only be successful in business, but in life. So grab onto your pogo sticks, we're jumping right in. Hi, welcome to Precious the Foodie Podcast, the show that will uncover stories through palettes and memories. My name is Precious Pioneer, your host. I'm a chef, a creative, and a foodie. I'm meeting people all over the world using food as a medium to highlight truths into bite-sized pieces. Hi, I'm Ken, and I am an entrepreneur, a husband, a lover of humans, and I believe that humans have immense potential, and by being intentional about how they live their lives, I believe that everyone can do things that are impactful and exciting to them, and that's how I try to live. So, failure of multiple businesses, starter of multiple businesses, and lover of all new things. Ooh, I like that. That was, that was pretty crisp. Yeah, just made that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the best things on uh, the whim or winging things come out the greatest, I think. Uh, Where are you from? And uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. So currently, uh, my wife and I live in Portland, Oregon, and we live in a very pretentious part called The Pearl. It's gorgeous. We have our cute little apartment. I'm originally from across the river in uh, Vancouver, Washington, though. So I've always lived here my whole life. That's so cool. What would you say is like the food culture over there then? Because I've heard a lot about it, but I've never actually been to that side because it's usually they're known for kind of being hipster, a little bit out there, (laughs) creative. Yeah. I don't know, drinking matcha lattes, like just doing their thing, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's so cool. Like you hit it right on the nail or the, you know, you hit the, you know, nail right on the head with the hammer, if whatever the heck that phrase is. But Portland is this very... (laughs) interesting like microcosm of where you do have people who have these crazy mustaches and they wear 1920s garb but they got it from like a secondhand store and there are you know burnt matcha ube lattes and i'm like somebody's like what's ube and i'm like it's a purple root <laughs> which you mash oh. up and you roast and you drink just like you would tea or coffee and you can find that anywhere here. So the the culture to me is a very beautiful thing. If you're like me and you love trying new experiences, you want to get to know people from around the world and different cultures. And it's just really tasty and interesting, I guess, if you're, you're chill about it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's definitely, I think that's definitely like a foodie thing, especially for me. I'm always up for trying new things. What you described sounds really incredible. I'm a huge matcha person. I can put matcha yes. in everything so it's just so interesting to try what did you say was uba ube so u b as in boy and e look that up it'll order some for yourself it'll change your life okay interesting okay so what are some other interesting 
foods that you've tried in your area, what is something else that stands out? I know that there's probably a lot given the culture over there, but what is something that if you're not from Portland, Oregon, nobody will know what you're talking about? Ooh, oh, sure. So where are you from again? Um, Funny enough, I'm actually a military kid, so I've lived oh, okay. everywhere in the US. I was born in California, but right now I currently live in around right outside of dc washington dc so kind of in like springfield area virginia got it okay just i kind of want to get a baseline for yourself but one thing that my friends who live in other places have never had are sushi burritos and those have been around for a while here and it is just one of my favorite staples of things but for people who haven't had sushi burritos they are what is the what is the name of it they are they're these donuts, but they're like, have you ever had mochi? Um, no, but I've, I know what it is. And I actually, I have, I think I've had a bite of one and I didn't care for it too much because I'm a huge ice cream fanatic. So I'm like, what is this? Oh, this is just the texture. You know? Yeah. So yeah, for, too, for too people who don't know, yeah, exactly. It's like this, you know, this, the same thing as like sticky rice. It's like sweet and kind of like mm -hmm. yogurty, sticky rice kind of texture so for those mm -hmm. of you who've never had that, if you're an ice cream fan, you might not, but I loved it. <laughs> and we have those as donuts. So Oh, interesting. Actually, interesting. The glaze is that, but on top of a donut, and it is phenomenal. <laughs> that okay. That actually sounds really interesting because ironically, I'm a, I'm I love bread and doughy textures and things like that. It's just like with ice cream that just threw me off. So I feel like if I were to try it again, then maybe, you know, I need uh, one or two takes sometimes. Like when I first yep. try, then I may not care for it. But if I, now that I know what it is and I'm like culture to it, then if I try it with a more open mind, then I'm willing to like understand why I don't like it. I think I just had a bite once and I was like, okay, this is, what is this? You know, like, give me something else. It's totally. So interesting. No, for sure. And I mean, I'm that way with scotch, by the way, like I had it and I'm like, okay, but then I'm like, okay, I can appreciate some of these some of the time, but they're, yeah, they think there's like orange mochi or then there's chocolate and matcha. So for instance, I love the matcha one and you said you like matcha, but I did not care mm -hmm. for the fruity ones. So yeah, maybe just trying different ones or, or not. <laughs> okay. So kind of pivoting a little bit, I know that you are all about like personal growth and activating other human beings, kind of creating like the courage to go out and do something, uh, which I think is kind of the energy we need a little bit in 2020 as yeah. everyone sits at home <laughs> and, you know, is binge watching Netflix shows. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Give me some more insight. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, activating other human beings towards living really meaningful lives in a way that they determine is meaningful. I just recently was called out on by my wife, who she's like, how come you're not doing what you always tell the people to do? And I'm like, I am. I'm out here, you know, with my business and I'm having fun. She's like, yeah, but are you doing what you're supposed to? And it made me do a lot of soul searching. And I think since the time I was young, the one thing I can always say is that I've loved asking people you know, if you could do anything, what would you be doing with yourself? And what makes you happy and inspired? Because that's what makes me happy, you know, is discussing people and grabbing mm -hmm. them by the hand and running headfirst into those things. So for me, I just, I've always been drawn to that and encouraging people and in, like helping them, you know, from a strategic perspective, not just kind of being their cheerleader, but also saying, here's mm -hmm. how we can go towards what you want. It's just kind of always come naturally, but lately I've accepted it as maybe a thing that I should be doing. <laughs> so 
No, I definitely agree. I, I definitely feel that sort of energy um, because even as a kid, I knew I always wanted to become a chef. And back then it was kind of like an off-gander kind of career field. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, other people want to be doctors, lawyers, whatever, you, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> or master You know, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right, exa- exactly. It didn't see entrepreneurship kind of became like a trending thing fairly recently within the past five, 10 years or so, you know, so growing up, that was just not the logical option. You know what I mean? Especially like uh, YouTube creators and all these other oh. people, like those jobs, <laughs> those jobs did not really exist yeah. quite a few years ago. And so I think that's really interesting. I've always connected with people because I felt like I wanted to hear their story, their reason to do to do what they're doing, you know, because I feel at the end of the day, jobs are jobs and careers are things that we choose because it brings us joy. It's fulfilling. And so if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? And I, I think that was really interesting and made me want to connect with you because I kind of always had that sort of question mark and wanting to connect with people as well. Did you kind of feel the same thing or? or no, the- I mean, that <laughs> seriously, that's it. And so for you, I guess I know you know, I'm the guest technically, but I'm super fascinated. Like, have you, I've been this way since I was a little boy. I'm the classic lemonade stand, buy a newspaper route. I bought a lawnmower when I was young. <laughs> I was just <laughs> always trying to make stuff and see if I could do things. And it always made sense to me to be an entrepreneur. But I mean, for you, did you always feel like a calling to go do your own thing? Or did you always believe, you know, there was something meant for you to be doing? I'm actually the same way. I used to call it, uh, I recently started calling it the Gemini syndrome, the master. (laughs) What is it that for you? I'm losing phrases here, but it's like when you are kind of good at everything, but a master of none sort of thing. I'm like the type of person that will literally pick up 10 random hobbies just to learn how to do it. I just think everything is, I, I, I have this weird acquirement of knowledge. So I'm just like, oh, like, how is that made? Let me learn this random new skill. Let me learn these random things. And so I think that's kind of, how I really got into entrepreneurship. I I think I stuck with food my whole life because I just really enjoy eating, I guess. And I developed it because it became like a culture in my family. You know, we always sit down and have uh, dinner together and things like that. And so I really loved the process of it. And I just remember in like second grade, people ask you like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, I want to work at Red Lobster, you know? And so (laughs) obviously my dream has evolved and changed over time. And I knew I wanted to open my own restaurant or something like that. But to say specifically an entrepreneur, I didn't really know until I kind of just started picking, accumulating all these random skills of developing audio and playing a ukulele and learning how to crochet. And I'm a javelin thrower, you know, just all these random skills that I kind of developed up in my life that made me pivot and kind of really wanted to connect with other people and hear their stories and figure out their why and and try to maybe not necessarily to change their perspective, but kind of align that, find out why, how they work and figure out why are you doing what you're doing when you know that you'd be happy doing something else. Like, let's talk about that, you know? Totally. And so I think, I think that's very fulfilling in my eyes. I don't know. It makes me feel good talking about, um, other people's dreams and aspirations, because I'm sure you see it in your job when someone talks about something that they really love and care about. It's that weird, really cool eye glow that they have that you can tell, you know, like it makes them really happy, really joyful. Well, Do you get absolutely. That? No, for sure. And it's like, it sounds like your journey is very typical of my, like, it's certainly my experience of, you know, I did pole vault, like you said, javelin, who does that? Who does pole vault? <laughs> um, but I was like, I'd never have met a human being that has done this. Therefore, I need to go personally test how it is. You know, I ran a blog 
for a few years. Like I tried drop shipping. This is like my 19th business and the rest failed, quote unquote. <laughs> but it's like, that's how you give context. That's how you learn what you want to go, where you don't want to go. And so for me, it's like, I think people like you and I, you know, maybe have a little bit more self-efficacy and we think, you know, why not be able to go try that? But like you said, being able to just maybe ask somebody a few pointed questions and help them expand their own mental horizons and their own self-limiting beliefs, nothing brings me more joy. And I'm so, it's so cool to hear you. It sounds like you're reading my mind, to be honest, (laughs) but I totally agree. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's the biggest strategy that, and advice if anybody ever asks is that to find out what you are meant to do it's not going to just come to you I I feel like the best strategy is to throw as many strands of spaghetti to a wall as you can and whatever sticks that you like just do it you know what I mean I feel like if you're predetermined into just one thing you it's hard for you to know whether you'll like other things and so some that's why that statistic is out there most people who uh, complete a major with their, their college degree, less than half actually fulfill what yep. their major was meant for. And they paid thousands and thousands of dollars, you know? And so I feel like um, kind of just discovering that part, especially during this time, you said you're kind of using this time to reflect and doing that. I feel like this is a good pause for some people to pivot and do what they're meant to be doing or something that they enjoy. A lot of people are picking up old childhood hobbies and little things that spark joy, whether that's drawing or reading or whatever. And I think that's really good. I think our culture could really use that. Yeah, I agree. It's a very like introspective period, certainly, I think for everybody, but I didn't even realize as I'm very socially extroverted, uh, if it didn't come across. (laughs) And like you said, you're kind of just getting like, it puts things into perspective of you know, some people are really suffering. And even if you were, you know, we're very blessed, we're not personally suffering a ton, but we're like, what is important and what's not? And times like this, I do think shed light on exactly what you said and put it into perspective. And um, back to the throwing the spaghetti into the wall, me and a friend of mine developed this uh, workshop called Get Unstuck. And it's exactly <laughs> what really you funny. said. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's like... <laughs> That's the, really it, ironic. <laughs> right? It's like the, um, you know, the... It's at the intersection, I think, where you, we humans should live of like, well, what do you love doing even and what would you do for free? What's like, where is there an opportunity that somebody might give you a dollar for that so you can keep doing it <laughs> indefinitely? And, you know, what are you naturally sort of drawn towards? So you're taking a skill, you're taking your interest and your love. Hi there, Precious again. Sorry about the cut. Consider this a quick intermission. We had some technical difficulties while recording this, but what a great opportunity to say. If you're loving it so far, or if you're getting any value, please, 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 please leave a review in the iTunes. You can leave stars or a comment telling me what you think of the show or hope to hear in the future. Thanks, but let's continue on. You said that you weren't uh, working as much anymore and you're focusing more on hiking, camping, and marathon running. And so I was curious about what you're doing with that and how do you prepare for that and how do you even get into it? I know you have track background because you're a pole vaulter, but <laughs> other than that, what what inspired you to pick that up? Yeah, it's so a couple of things there. So first of all, I love being outdoors. I love camping and hiking. That's one of the beautiful things about living um, in the Pacific Northwest, you can, you know, throw a rock and you're at a waterfall or a river or something beautiful. And so I've always just been outdoors um, and I did track. But the marathon thing started about four years ago. 
I I don't know why. I always played sports, so I felt weird that I didn't have something to go, you know, scratch that itch. And I was like, what's something hard that I don't know how to do? Because I like challenges and seeing what I'm capable of. And it was marathon running, and it sucks, and it's hard. But uh, the training is really just progressive. I think humans don't give themselves enough credit. I certainly didn't. But after running, you know, 10 miles, 12 miles, whatever, you just kind of get used to it, and it's more mental than everything. So, they, I mean, they've been amazing. Like, Crater Lake in Oregon was my first one. I've done the Vancouver-Washington Marathon, um, Bend, Oregon, you know, all these really fun. Iceland was really fun. So I think it's more about, yeah. And to me, it's more about just learning about who you are. I know it sounds a little woo woo, but you really get (laughs) to spend time with yourself and it helps you dig deep and learn that you're really capable of so much more than, you know, like your body is going to give up way before your mind has to, and you can just tell it, no, I'm not going to (laughs) stop. So it's been fun. That's, that's real. That's really cool. I'm not a huge fan of running. Like, at all but that's that's really cool that does take an incredible amount of work ethic have you ever run uh the marathon in new york like that famous one no but i do the the new york city marathon is really huge the uh, boston marathon is really huge oh right we were planning on going to argentina this year but that my buddy is getting married and we forgot about the exact date. <laughs> so we're thinking now of doing one a little bit closer to home. So either Niagara Falls or like something in New York or, you know, Chicago or whatever around there. So. No, that's really cool. I actually found out about that through some economics podcast um, because that Boston one or whatever is so popular that they get so many requests that they have to insert people into a lottery to be able yep. to even qualify because they literally can't have everybody running in the streets. And I'm like, wow, that many people want to want to run a marathon that like blows my mind. But power it's to you. I think crazy. that's really, really cool. No, that's so cool. Yeah. And I don't um, blame okay. you one bit for not liking running. I didn't either. Like I was a hundred <laughs> meter runner and 200 meter, but I think, I don't know. It, it's like that good kind of pain. I don't know. I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I, kn- I know what you mean to a certain extent. I, I did track in college. And so I feel like when you quit sports, that's it, you know, and so you're having to find because sports take for anybody who doesn't know sports take up your entire life. You're eating, you're exercising every single day. You're and then you're to prepare for these huge events and milestones in our life, you know. And so finally, when that's gone, it's like, wow, I have all of this time. What do I do? And so I kind of picked up lifting because I know I can do running. Like running is just not my favorite, but I think I started lifting. And so maybe I'll do yoga next. I want to like transition each year into doing something different. But running is a struggle for me. I don't think I don't think it's a mental thing. I just don't think I enjoyed that much. I don't know. Totally. I think I breathe too hard or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, lifting is amazing. I think everybody should lift. And after football, I did uh, competitive lifting for a year. And it was one of the, my favorite. It was wow. one of my favorite years of just like learning about your body and you're strong and capable and you can move. And yeah, so good for you. That's amazing. That's crazy. Olim- wow. That's like, that's really cool. That's really cool. Wow. I'm just, I'm just envisioning it, you know, cause like I'll, those guys with the with like 10 plates on or whatever and they're like oh in they i don't know i was gonna say i'm not <laughs> those guys are better than me i got like third one time i mean but it was just more fun than anything i guess of like power cleaning and snatches and deadlifting like mm-hmm. those really amazing compound lifts that you have to be on your game to actually do yeah i i 
I definitely understand. I, I definitely understand. That's just what instantly came to mind. But more about, did you, were you born and raised in Portland or did you move there recently or where are you originally from? Yeah. So um, I'm going to, I got to be careful with this too, because there's a Vancouver, Canada, but I am from Vancouver, Washington uh, originally. And I moved to Portland about two years ago now, just because I wanted, you know, to be around the city, to be around more energy when I was growing the business. And it's been amazing. I love living downtown. So I could see that. And so the reason why I asked you that is because usually as we go throughout life, we have these special moments or meals that remind you of home. And so I was curious if you had any sort of meal, like, you know, when you take a bite and you close your eyes and you're like, ah, this is home, you know, do you have any moments or food or memories that you think of? Yeah, absolutely. And this is out of left field because everyone on my mother's uh, side of the family is from Nolens in Louisiana. So I actually love pasta jambalaya or grits, like grits with cheddar cheese and pasta jambalaya is my comfort meal because that's what I had (laughs) maybe a couple times a week growing up when I was a kid. So it's weird. It's not Pacific Northwest cuisine, but that definitely does it for me. What about you? No, grits are a good one. Hmm. For me, I don't know, actually. Oh, I do know. My favorite memory, I think, is my grandma's, um, uh, she, what did she make? She, her Thanksgiving setup. She made like, like a typical African-American Thanksgiving of green, yeah, collard, collard greens, greens and yep. yes. yams with like marshmallows and mm. mash, mac and cheese and and she's known for these little corn uh, muffin, like not biscuit, corn. Cornbread? Corn muffins? Cornbread, right. I don't yes. know why I couldn't think of the name cornbread, but she would always burn them. and But they were still good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a distinct thing. Like, so sometimes when she's not there for Thanksgiving, we're like, oh, you know, this cornbread's too good. It's super perfect. It needs to be burnt a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that inspires um, – a lot about me and what I really value as a chef. When I cook for people or my group of friends, it reminds me of that special moment. Of There's nothing I don't think that can truly describe sitting around with all the people that you really love or that will love you no matter what, like sitting at one table, just enjoying something that you've made or just eating and talking about positive memories or things like that. You know, it's like a good nostalgic feeling and I think that's one of my favorite uh, childhood memories, I guess. And every Thanksgiving, I think about that. Yeah. And when I cook <laughs> in totally. general. Well, it's like those little those little imperfections are almost what makes food so good or so memorable. I mean, honestly, like a Black Forest ham sandwich from Subway. You know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's nutritious. But you're not going to go craving a Black Forest ham sandwich. But grandma's burnt cornbread, that's sticking with you for some reason. So I love that. And I love to, I don't like following recipes. I don't know about you. My wife does. I do not because I like to add my own little flair and kind of see what I can make. Because I think it's more fun. And you get to tell your friends, like you said, hey, you got to eat this, but I made it with love. So (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely true. For me, it definitely depends. Definitely. Because I I grew up wanting to become a baker. And so for baking, there is no leg room. There's no wiggle room. There's no little dash here, little dash there. So I feel like once I perfected like certain 
chemistries in baking, then now it's like a free for all. I'll just add espresso to my brownies or I'll just, you know, I'll just mix it up however I'm craving. So yeah, that's really funny. That sounds amazing. Espresso brownies? Can you send me some? Oh, that's my... (laughs) Sure, sure. I I went through this weird phase last year where I'm not a huge chocolate person. And so I wanted to somehow manipulate brownies into a way that I'd really like them. And so um, for some reason, though, I've always liked chocolate in cake form. So brownies, I never really quite had a problem with as long as they were the corner pieces or things like that. And so I knew that there was this thing called blondies, which which is essentially the cake batter without all the cocoa, without all the chocolate. And so I'm like, okay, I love coffee. What if I, instead of the water or the milk, I added just espresso, like an espresso concentrate. And so I just experimented for months and made batches and batches of brownies and blondies and espresso, chocolate chip, concoctions. I tried blondies with espresso and dashes of cinnamon to make them these snickerdoodle inspired coffee, like a coffee cake sort of texture. I don't know. I just that's that's where my mind goes when I get really creative, I suppose. So you can't see me right now, but um, my eyes are rolling into the back of the head and I am drooling because I love <laughs> blondies and I love espresso and everything you just said Sounds like you should own a bake shop. I don't know if you do, but <laughs> that sounds amazing. How cool. No, thank you. No, it's funny. I actually had a cookie company for a little while when I used to live in Orlando. It was a vegan one, and I actually I, I, I created it because I wanted to just experiment creating like crazy cookie concoctions and things like that. And so that was like my little bit of joy. Um, but I realized I wanted to learn more, but I couldn't build something, but then also learn. And so I kind of just wrapped it up and hit pause on it so I can really focus on developing more tools in my toolbox to create cooler things, if that makes sense. Because, you know, with my limited tools, originally, I could only create a small uh, spectrum of things. And then now that I'm learning a lot more, I want to create something kind of, I don't know, have the knowledge to create more cooler things, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely get that. I've often said, you know, I wish I would have stayed at my last agency a little bit longer and played around while I had the Well, I had the money of somebody else to play with the different tools and software. So I think that makes complete sense. And it takes a lot of self-awareness and emotional maturity to do that. So you're better than me. Good for you. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. But it's just because like, I think that we can both agree on this because you both kind of have the same understanding to just try new things to be able to develop other things. And eventually it kind of all kind of connects. And so that's where I honestly was. I couldn't... um, because growing a business is just not, it's, it takes all of your time, all of your effort, a lot of your creativity to pivot, grow, look at competitors and study a lot of data, you know, inventory, you know, all these just very tedious business things. And so if I put all of my 10, like all of my coins into one basket, I couldn't, that left no room for me to grow and try new things, you know, and I knew that I didn't want to own a cookie company for my the entirety of my life you know um because that wasn't my that's not my dream at the moment and so I you know I think it's just one of those things that like it sucks to kind of grow and change but also it opens up more doors to grow and change (laughs) absolutely I think as long as you you're fine with the decision that's all we can ever really do is try to get to that place of being content so I totally agree Yeah. And I had a question uh, again about your uh, job. And so 
I know that you help a lot of people and you inspire people to to envision their dreams. And so I was wondering what legacy do you hope to have or bring to people? Yeah, absolutely. This actually, so I also run a, I guess it's not a, it's not a nonprofit. It's not a business at all. I really just run a meetup every, or I used to run a meetup every month before Mm -hmm. COVID-19 of, it's called Ready, Set, Start. And the USP, the, the, the reason why it exists is legitimately just to help people start on things that they want to do that they haven't done for some reason that will be cornerstones of their life. So for me, I've always said on my gravestone, I don't care about anything else as long as it says, Ken helped enter amount of people here, get unstuck and start on things towards a really like passionate existence. And every time I talk to somebody and they say, you know, I was able to do this or get out of this, you know, career into a better one, or I just wanted to be a you know, play guitar. And I started a hobby because we had a good conversation. Like I melt. I truly, truly live um, for that moment of helping people get started and remove the friction of starting in their own lives. So I think that's it. Just, yeah, my legacy is I helped a lot of people start cool stuff. <laughs> no, that's, that's really good. I, um, I don't know. It reminds me of like the butterfly effect, you know, so one conversation that you have with somebody or one meeting or altercation could really impact and ricochet people's lives. And I think that's really cool that you're the stone in everybody's pond. If I'm using yeah. really dramatic metaphors. <laughs> no, but you're exactly right. And I love that's it. Like the concept behind the butterfly effect is so incredible. And it's it's so it's so empowering to me to think that, you know, I could be a catalyst, even though it's really small, even if I could just have a conversation or Um, maybe somebody reads a book or something and that could change the nature of their lives and their family and the society around them and maybe the whole world one day indirectly or directly that's exactly it okay and then going in the opposite direction has there been anyone um, who's changed your life and doesn't know it or didn't know that they did Ooh, doesn't know it is a very intriguing question that I don't uh, I think I don't think through a lot. That's a very difficult question. Well, I, I yeah, so I have lots of I have a few key people that um, <clears throat> few key people that have helped me tremendously and have just completely 180'd my life. But as far as somebody who doesn't know, I would probably say my father and I have a really good relationship now, but we didn't when I was, um, you know, in like pre-adolescence and as a teenager just because we were so similar and it's kind of like there can't be two alphas in the pack kind of mentality. We both were really stubborn. Mm -hmm. I used to be a lot more stubborn, but he, the thing that he gave me was perspective on the world, even though I could see him in real time going through his issues. And those were issues that I would have as a similar personality type and temperament to him that nobody Mm -hmm. would have helped me uncover about myself if I hadn't had to parse through them with him without even knowing it. And I didn't realize that until my early twenties when I just started really reading and, you know, taking time to meditate and be introspective intentionally every day. And I'm like, goodness, like this is where I got that from. And now this is why I know that nobody taught me this. I observed it passively from my father. So it's been huge because I have a lot of, you know, um, stubborn traits and I can be bullish at times, but I'm able to curb that because I learned indirectly through him. So he doesn't know that probably in depth, but it's definitely been a really awesome part of who I am now. So 
No, that's so awesome. I it's it's a very interesting talking to you because sometimes, well, as I listen to you, I'm like, wow, we have a ridiculous amount of similarities that I'm just like, wow, <laughs> you're just describing my life a little bit, but um, yeah. that's very interesting because I've had the exact situation happen. Like, you know, I, I grew up from my dad. My dad's very stubborn in nature, and I had to learn learn those faults through him to become a better communicator and a better and better not necessarily better person but you know to understand those um tweaks to become more introspective and be able to work on that with other people and in general and that helped our relationship a lot too which that that's really funny that we kind of went through that that's awesome yeah that's so interesting I'm just a little baffled I'm like wow like that's so weird but relatable well, it's like free therapy, you know, it's, it's amazing to be able to come to that place of not having to maybe do some bad things that you might've had to get out of your system to learn the hard way or worse. You never even learned that they were parts of your personality, just bubbling in your subconscious. So I think that's amazing. And I'm glad to hear that you got to have that too, because I'm very grateful for it at this point. Yeah. Okay, one final uh, question, just just in theory, because you live in such a diverse area, I kind of wanted to know what you thought about food and in the sense of like, what kind of power do you think that food has on people? Because it's such a huge part of our culture and then also cultures around the world, like dating and meetings, it's all surrounded by meeting up in food and especially with everything going on with Corona and all those places shutting down. What do you think that kind of has, how that's going to play a role and impact on our communities and people in general? Yeah, I, I think you and I are probably, again, eerily similar if you were to, <laughs> if you were to describe this uh, answer to the same question, but I've always felt for me personally as a very social extroverted person that meals, especially shared meals, cooking together. um, I think it's a cornerstone of being a human and social experience. I think that that's the reason why people gather around food, why we're compelled to watch like what cooking shows are so popular. I think they're, you know, not only does it give us (laughs) life and nutrients and calories, obviously, but I just think there's something so approachable around sharing a meal or you know, going out with somebody offers you such a a mutually agreed upon that this is going to be a pleasant experience. And that's why we can gather and enjoy one another during this. I think it's cathartic to cook because it's a sense of accomplishment without necessarily a lot of responsibility. I think food is just so central to humanity and we've built culture around it. And I think that's why it's so special and pervasive and why there's so many different types. And for me, food uh, is a fun thing I get to do with my wife and cook for her on date night. It's something where me and my friends can bring a potluck. It was how we celebrated a game, you know, at football. It's an easy date idea for that person you're nervous to ask out for lunch. So <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, a cornerstone really of culture. And I know that's a very 10,000 foot view, but that's kind of how I feel about it. No, I think you wrap that up really, really nicely. Like you just put the bow, the icing on the cake, whatever simile you'd like to throw in there. But I think that's was really well said. I feel like it's just part of things that we do as humans, you know, and it's just so much better. And it has so much more meaning when we share that experience that is a necessity with other people. It's like an opportunity to connect with people over something so simple as sharing a meal. And I think that's really 
I think it's really cool. Something cool that we do. <laughs> yeah, the, the coolest. As a wrap up for the show, something that I always have guests do is to leave a final note of like if they did not listen to a minute of this show and they could have like one takeaway from you, like what would you say? It could be like a quote or a life lesson or words of inspiration, just something to drop the mic to, I guess, something that sure. you stand for, represent. Official uh, Ken Marshall mic drop of Precious the Foodie <laughs> podcast. No, so for me, it's pretty basic, actually. The, the most transformative thing I've ever done uh, is a habit that I intentionally built, and it's a morning routine. So some people are, you know, a bit more night owly, and that's totally fine, too. But the reason why I chose, as somebody who used to stay up till 4 a.m., uh, a morning routine was because often, you know, I have friends who wake up five minutes before they have to go to work and they're really stressed out and they check their email and that dictates their day. So even if it's 15 minutes, my advice to everyone would just be spend some time after you wake up or before you go to bed either way and just be with your own thoughts and decide how you want the next day to be or how you want the existing day to be. And that's really empowering It'll set you up for success and it'll set your mood and temperament so that you're, you know, feeling starting your day from a good place or ending it on a good place. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that a lot. That's good. I believe in that too. I think 10 minutes, like if we can spend the first 15 minutes on Instagram, then we can definitely spend, you know, an extra, at least 10 minutes for ourselves each day, you know, and just quiet. I know a lot of people that recommend, um, going outside and doing a morning walk and all these things. But I think just doing that before you go to bed or before you wake up, just having that moment. I think that's really good. Good advice. I, I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's very simple. Yeah. Ken, thank you again for being a guest on the show. I loved having you on. Listeners, if you want to reach out to Ken Marshall and find him anywhere and anywhere, there's going to be his contact information left in the show notes. I think that we can really grow and become our best versions of ourselves when we figure out what's on the inside and what sparks joy for each of us. If you don't know that yet, that's okay. Take some time for yourself. Try everything and anything, spaghetti style. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. You can find me at Precious Pioneer on YouTube or Instagram. If you're a visual person and would like to watch the show online, there's live streaming on the YouTube channel at Precious Pioneer. To get all the updates and upcoming news for the show, you can check out our Instagram page at Precious the Foodie. You can also shoot me an email at apreciouspioneer at gmail.com. All of that will be left in the show notes. And I would love to hear your comments, your questions, things that you'd love to hear in the future. I just really love to build a community around everyone. So just please let me know. To support the creation of this show, please consider leaving a review that would really help to support and share this show with everyone and everyone you love. If you found any value out of it, all you have to do on Apple Podcasts is to click on the profile page, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then you have the option of leaving stars or leave a comment of the things that you found most valuable. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. As always, live life with love and love food with life. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.